Good morning. Today we again follow the order of service on page 15. Our opening hymn this morning, and I should mention that even though Ascension Day was Thursday, we're observing our Ascension Day today in our worship service. Our opening hymn this morning is hymn 212, a hymn of glory, let us sing, hymn 212.
In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Beloved in the Lord, let us draw near with a true heart and confess our sins unto God our Father, beseeching him in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to grant us forgiveness. Our help is in the name of the Lord. I said, I will confess my transgressions unto the Lord. And now forgive us the iniquity of my sin. O Almighty God, merciful Father, I, a poor, miserable sinner, confess unto thee all my sins and iniquities with which I have ever offended thee and justly deserve thy temporal and eternal punishment. But I am heartily sorry for them, and sincerely repent of them. And I pray thee of thy boundless mercy, and for the sake of the holy, innocent, bitter sufferings and death of thy beloved Son, Jesus Christ, to be gracious and merciful to me, a poor, sinful being. Upon this, your confession, I, by virtue of my office as a called and ordained servant of the word, announce the grace of God unto all of you. And in the stead and by the command of my Lord Jesus Christ, I forgive you all your sins in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Psalm today, we read Psalm number 47 responsibly, again the congregation reading those portions in bold type. Oh, clap your hands, all you people. Shout to God with the voice of triumph. For the Lord most high is awesome. He is a great king over all. He shall subdue the people under us. And the nations under our feet. He shall choose our inheritance for us. God has gone up with a shout. The Lord with the sound of the trumpet. Sing praises to God, sing praises. Sing praises to our king, sing praises. For God is the king of all the earth. Sing praises with understanding. God reigns over the heathen. God sits upon the throne of his holiness. The princes of the people are assembled. For the shields of the earth belong to God. He is greatly exalted.
be with you. Let us pray. Grant, we ask of you, Almighty God, that like as we do believe your only begotten Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, to have ascended into the heavens, so may we also in heart and mind there ascend with him continually and with him continually dwell, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, ever one God, world without end. You may be seated. For our catechism lesson today, we continue to look at the sacrament of holy baptism. And we look at question 279 today. Are then all men to be baptized without distinction? And the answer of the catechism is no. Those who can be instructed are to be baptized after they have been previously instructed in the principal doctrines of the Christian religion. But little children should be baptized when they have been born within the Christian church or are brought to baptism by those who have authority over them. In Mark chapter 16, verses 15 through 16, we read, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized shall be saved, but he who does not believe shall be condemned. And so we see that those who believe are to be, believe and be baptized, where in the cases of children, uh, they should be baptized right away and then instructed. In first, our epistle lesson for today is recorded in 1 John chapter 3, beginning at the first verse. Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore, the world does not know us because it did not know him. Beloved, now are we the sons of God, and it does not yet appear what we shall be. But we know that when he appears, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. And every man who has this hope in him purifies himself, even as he is pure. Whoever commits sin also transgresses the law, for sin is the transgression of the law. And you know that he was manifested to take away our sins, and in him there is no sin. Whoever abides in him does not sin. Whoever sins has not seen him, neither known him. Little children, let no man deceive you. He who does righteousness is righteous, even as he is righteous. He who commits sin is of the devil, for the devil sins from the beginning. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested so that he might destroy the works of the devil. Whoever is born of God does not commit sin, for his seed remains in him, and he cannot sin because he is born of God. In this, the children of God and the children of the devil are manifest. Whoever does not do righteousness is not of God, neither he who does not love his brother. Here ends our reading of the epistle. I might point out uh, in regard to our epistle lesson today 
that one part of Greek that does not convey quite so well to English is uh, the present tense uh, in the Greek, which is an ongoing present tense. So it's not saying that if you sin once, you're out. What it's saying that is if you are a Christian, if you are a believer, you will not continue on living in sin. Those who choose to continue to live in sin and to do you know, what is contrary to God's word are of the devil, but those who are believers will seek, of course, to live in accord with God's word. Will they still sin? Well, we've already read earlier in 1 John, if we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. But what do we do? We confess our sins and we receive God's mercy and forgiveness in the shed blood of our Lord Jesus. And then as a fruit of our faith, we seek to live for God and live in accord with his word. Uh, this is something which uh, the Greek present tense brings out so much clearer than we're able to do in English. And so I thought it was worth explaining to you. Our gospel lesson today, which is actually not one of the gospels, but the book of Acts, but it is the gospel account, please rise. Our gospel for today is recorded in Luke, or in Book of Acts. Luke is the author of the Book of Acts, as best we know. In the Book of Acts, in chapter one, beginning at the first verse. The former treatise I have made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began both to do and teach until the day in which he was taken up after he had given commandments through the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen, to whom also he showed himself alive after his passion by many infallible proofs, being seen by them forty days and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. And being assembled with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which he says, ye have heard from me. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. When they therefore had come together, they asked of him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? And he said to them, It is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father has put in his own power but you shall receive power after that the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea, in Samaria, and to the uttermost part of the earth. And when he had spoken these things, while they beheld, he was taken up, and a cloud received him out of their sight. And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel, who also said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand gazing up to heaven? This same Jesus who has been taken from you into heaven shall come in the same manner as ye have seen him go into heaven. When they returned to Jerusalem from the mountain called Olivet, or then they returned to Jerusalem from the mountain called Olivet, which is from Jerusalem, a Sabbath day's journey. 
Here ends our reading of the Holy Gospel. Today we join in confessing our faith using the words of the Apostles' Creed, which is on page 12 in the front of your hymnal. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended to heaven and sitteth on the right hand of the Father Almighty. And thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. You may be seated. We continue our worship by singing hymn 215, Draw Us to Thee, hymn 215. I ask you to bow your heads and join me in a word of prayer. 
Dear Heavenly Father, we pray again your Holy Spirit's blessing upon the speaking and the hearing of your word this day, that we might be built up in our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and hold fast to him until that day when we are with you forever in heaven. We ask these things for Jesus' sake. Amen. The word of God, which we consider today as a portion of our epistle lesson read to you a few minutes ago, where we read in 1 John chapter 3, in the first three verses, Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore the world does not know us, because it did not know him. Beloved, now we are the sons of God, and it does not yet appear what we shall be. But we know that when he appears, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. And every man who has this hope in him purifies himself even as he is pure. The Bible tells us in John chapter 316, for this is how God loved the world. He gave his only begotten son so that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. And we see this love of God in the following. First of all, our Lord Jesus Christ came into the world to save sinners. We read in 1 Timothy chapter 1, St. Paul writes, this is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am chief. The Bible teaches us that he humbled himself he suffered and died on the cross for the sins of all, that he rose again on the third day, and that he had won for us forgiveness for all our sins and everlasting life. And he won this for you and me and for all of mankind. Again, the Bible tells us when St. Paul writes to the Corinthians in 1 Corinthians 15, for I delivered to you first of all that which I also received, that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, and that he was buried and that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. And so Christ died for our sins as the scriptures had said he would, and he rose again on the third day. Or in Galatians 4, verses four and five, very familiar words. But when the fullness of the time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law to redeem those who were under the law so that we might receive the adoption of sons. And so Jesus Christ was born of the Virgin Mary. He, was, he suffered under Pontius Pilate. He was crucified, dead and buried. And he rose again the third day as we confessed in the Apostles' Creed. He now, through the preaching of his word, continues to call sinners to repent of their sinful ways and to trust in him and his shed blood for full and free forgiveness and for the everlasting joys of heaven. Before Jesus ascended into heaven, he appeared to his disciples and he said to them, thus it is written, and thus it behooved Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead on the third day, and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name among all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. 
And we see this in the preaching of the apostles. In Acts chapter 3, verse 19, Peter preached and said, Therefore re repent and be converted so that your sins may be blotted out and that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. And of course, we know that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, as Paul wrote to the Romans. And so the, through the preaching of the gospel, through the call to people to repent and believe the gospel that Christ had died for their sins on the cross and was risen again, they had made full atonement. People were brought to faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. You and I were brought to faith. And so when by the grace and mercy of God, we are brought to see our own sinfulness and we turn in faith to Jesus and his cross for forgiveness and life, we become children of God. We're saved by his grace alone. We have an inheritance in heaven and look forward to the day when Jesus, our Savior, returns to take us to be with him in holiness and righteousness forever with our God and Savior. I think the words of Jesus to Nicodemus are so beautifully expressed looking to Jesus in faith because Jesus said to Nicodemus, and as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up so that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. So when we see that we have been bitten by the serpent, so to speak, that we have the poison of sin in ourselves and that we are sinful and unpleasing to God, we look to the cross of Jesus in faith. And instead of God's judgment, we have forgiveness and life. So many Bible passages point out how it is that we are justified and saved. I think of Romans chapter five, where it begins by saying, therefore being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom we also have access by faith into this grace in which we stand and we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And so we are justified and forgiven through faith in Christ and we rejoice in the hope of one day being without sin and living for God forever in holiness and righteousness. We have an inheritance awaiting us in heaven. As Paul again wrote to the Galatians, he said, for you are the children of God. You're all the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. For as many of you as have been baptized in Christ have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek there is neither bond nor free, there is neither male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you are Christ, then are you Abraham's seed and heirs, according to the promise. And so with Abraham, we inherit the blessings of eternal life in God's kingdom. I have to admit that we can't even begin to understand what it will be like when we're raised up or changed into the image of our Lord Jesus Christ. You know, whether that be at our resurrection on the last day or if we're still alive and remain being changed without seeing death. But our text tells us, beloved, now are we the sons of God. We're sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. And it does not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when he appears, we shall be like him for we shall see him as he is. 
which reminds me of Romans 8.28, where it talks about predestination and says, whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son so that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. And so when our Lord Jesus Christ comes back, when we are raised up, we will be perfectly conformed to the image of the Son. We will be like him. We will be without sin. We will be holy and righteous and love the Lord our God with all our heart, soul, and mind. And we will seek to serve him and bring him glory in everything that we do. Now, of course, as believers, we are counted faultless, even though we are sinners. We are counted faultless before our Heavenly Father because of Christ's righteous life, because of his innocent sufferings and death, his atoning sacrifice on the cross for the sins of the world. But we all look forward to that day when we are free of sin and can indeed serve our God in righteousness and purity forever. The Bible speaks of how we stand before the Lord God through faith in Christ in Colossians chapter one, where it says, and you who were formerly alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now he has reconciled the body of his flesh through death to present you holy, blameless, and unreprovable in his sight if you continue in the faith, rounded and settled, and are not moved away from the hope of the gospel which you have heard and which has been, pre been preached to every creature which is under heaven. So through faith in Christ, in God's eyes, we are already holy and unreprovable. But we know because of our sinful nature that we are still sinners and we struggle. I don't know about you, but it truly bothers me when I know how I should be, how I desire to be as a new being in Christ, and then look at how I am and how I fail. I look forward to that day when no longer will I be sinful, when I will truly be righteous and holy in the Lord's eyes, not simply through faith in Christ, but also in reality, made to live forever with the Lord, redeemed by Christ from sin and death, and then made perfect and holy and righteous in his eyes. We confess this in our catechism in Luther's explanation to the second article, where we say, I believe that Jesus Christ, true God begotten of the Father from eternity, and also true man born of the Virgin Mary is my Lord, who has redeemed me a lost and condemned creature, purchased and won me from all sins, from death and from the power of the devil, not with gold or silver, but with his holy precious blood and with his innocent suffering and death, that I may be his own and live under him in his kingdom and serve him in everlasting righteousness, innocence, and blessedness, even as he is risen from the dead, lives and reigns to all eternity. This is most certainly true. And so we look forward to that day when we will indeed live under him in his kingdom and serve him in everlasting righteousness, innocence, and blessedness, even as he is risen from the dead and lives and reigns to all eternity. And of course, while we await that day, we strive, led and aided by God's Holy Spirit, 
to be more and more like our Lord Jesus Christ, more and more like our Savior. We read in the last verse of the text today that every man who has this hope in him purifies himself even as he is pure. I still remember when I started out in college and my goal was to be a forest ranger and to live off somewhere far in the mountains where I didn't have to deal with people. Maybe I'm still a little bit like that. Um, but I went to California Polytechnic University in Pomona, California. And there were other majors there, including engineers, including those in the agriculture programs and various programs. And you could tell by looking at the students what direction they were headed. This is in the days before cell phones and computers, but the engineering students had their shirts and ties, their briefcases and their calculators and walked around sitting there working on problems like that. The ag students had on their work boots and their, their caps that said John Deere or one of the other colors of tractors and were there. And those who were in park administration, you know, wanting to manage uh, parks like you know, national parks, state parks, you know, had on their hiking boots and things like that. You could tell where they were headed. Well, you know, the Christian life is a lot like that. People should be able to look at us and tell where we're intending to be. We have been redeemed by Christ. He's paid the price for our sins. He's brought us to faith. He keeps us in faith. And the goal is to be like Christ. And so more and more, as we desire to reach graduation day, as we desire to reach that day when Christ comes back and takes us to be with him forever in heaven, we seek to purify ourselves and be more and more like our Lord Jesus. St. Paul describes it this way in his letter to the Philippians, in Philippians chapter three. He says, indeed, I even count all things to be lost for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord. For him I have suffered the loss of all things and count them to be dung so that I may win Christ and be found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is from the law, but that which is through faith of Christ, the righteousness, which is of God by faith, so that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being made conformable to his death if by any means I may attain to the resurrection of the dead. So Paul is counting his own righteousness as worthless, as dung, that he might be found righteous through faith in Christ and attain to the resurrection of, of the dead. But then notice what he says after this. It is not as though I had already attained or were already perfect, but I pursue if that I may obtain that for which Christ Jesus also obtain me. I kind of like the King James there, that I may apprehend that for which I also am apprehended of Christ. But this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. And so St. Paul confessed his sins and failures and left them at the cross and pressed on to be more and more like our Lord Jesus. And so also do we confess our sins to the Lord God and move forward 
and continue to seek to be more and my, more like our Lord Savior, our, our Lord Jesus, our Savior, trusting in him and looking forward to that day when we will sin no more in his presence. And of course, that day will come, as we read in 1 Corinthians 15, in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, for the trumpet shall sound and the dead shall be raised incorruptible and we shall be changed. Or as St. Paul wrote to the Philippians, <clears throat> for our citizenship is in heaven from where we also look for the savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will change our vile body so that it may be fashioned like his glorious body, according to the working by which he is able even to subdue all things to himself. So when that day comes, we shall be changed into the image of our Lord Jesus Christ. As John wrote in our text, we shall be like him for we shall see him as he is. As believers in our Lord Jesus Christ, we can join with David in Psalm 17 and say, as for me, I shall behold your face in righteousness I shall be satisfied with your likeness when I awake. And if you think about what this is saying, God created us in his image. He created us perfect and holy. We loved him with all our heart, soul, and mind. We trusted him. We knew him and we knew his will and his word. And then we fell into sin and that image was lost. Christ died for our sins, paid the price that we might be conformed to his image. And we will not be perfectly conformed to that image until the last day when he comes back. And even though we can't begin to grasp fully what that will be like, we know that we will be like him for we shall see him as, his, as he is, that we will be satisfied with his likeness when we awake. And what a day that will be. I ask you to bow your heads and join me in prayer. Dear Lord Jesus, we thank you for redeeming us with your holy and precious blood and for graciously bringing us to repent of our sins and trust in you for forgiveness and life. By your spirit, keep us in the faith and move us to seek to be more and more like you until that day when you return and we are changed into your likeness and dwell with you forevermore in heaven. Amen. I ask you to please stand. Now the peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus.
You may be seated. We continue our worship by bringing forward our offering. I ask you to please stand and join in the prayers of the church. O oh Lord, since your son has gone up with a shout and the sound of a trumpet, ascending in triumph and is seated at your right hand, so open our lips to sing praises to our King, rejoicing and living in the truth of his victory for us. Lord, in your mercy. O Lord, your Son has commanded us to go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to all creation. Bless the proclamation of your church that many may believe, be baptized, and be saved. Lord, in your mercy. O Lord, you gave Elisha to carry on the prophetic ministry when you took Elijah to yourself in the whirlwind. You have given men to carry on the ministry of your Son among us when he ascended on high to your right hand. Pour out his spirit upon our pastors, upon the pastors of our fellowship, and upon Bishop Heiser, that they may faithfully minister to us for Christ's sake. Lord, in your mercy. O oh Lord, you raised your only begotten Son from the dead and established him at your right hand, so that we may be part of your church forever. Bless our homes as we await our day of resurrection. Be the companion and consolation of those who live in solitude. Strengthen husbands and wives so that their love exemplifies the love between Christ and his church. And bless parents and children as they gather around your word. Lord, in your mercy. O oh Lord, since your son will shatter kings when he executes judgment upon the nations, Move our leaders to repent and look to you for mercy and to your word for guidance and direction and keep our leaders from acting in ways that will bring upon them his wrath. Bless them with wisdom to govern us accord, in accord with your righteous ways. Lord, in your mercy. O oh Lord, as believers in your son's name, we call on you to deliver Dick Rush, Janet Rush, and all who suffer in our midst from injury or sickness of body and mind and every other power of the enemy. Lord, in your mercy. Amen. 
O Lord, keep us from hardness of heart and unbelief. Help us by your spirit to believe the witness of those who saw your son after his resurrection, that we may joyfully come to his table today to eat his body and drink his blood in a worthy manner with faith in his promises. Lord, in your mercy. O Lord, Heavenly Father, we gratefully remember the sufferings and death of your dear Son, Jesus Christ, for our salvation. Rejoicing in his victorious resurrection from the dead, we draw strength from his ascension before you, where he ever stands for us as our own high priest. Gather us together from the ends of the earth to celebrate with all the faithful the marriage feast of the Lamb and his kingdom, which has no end. Graciously receive our prayers, deliver and preserve us, for to you alone we give all glory, honor, and worship, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. You may be seated. We continue by singing hymn 223, We Thank Thee, Jesus, Dearest Friend.
The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks unto the Lord our God. It is truly meet, right, and salutary that we should at all times and in all places give thanks unto thee, O Lord, Holy Father, almighty, everlasting God, through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who after his resurrection appeared openly to all his disciples and in their sight was taken up into heaven, that he might make us partakers of his divine nature. Therefore, with angels and archangels and with all the company of heaven, we laud and magnify thy glorious name, evermore praising thee and saying, in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Jesus Christ, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take, eat, this is my body which is given for you, this do in remembrance of me. After the same manner also he took the cup when he had supped. And when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink ye all of it. This cup is the New Testament in my blood, which is shed for you for the remission of sins. This do as often as ye drink it in remembrance of me. The peace of the Lord be with you always.
now ask you to please stand. Now may this holy body and precious blood of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ strengthen and preserve you in the true faith unto life everlasting. Depart in peace, be of good cheer, your sins are forgiven you for Jesus' sake. precious blood of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ strengthen and preserve you in the true faith unto life everlasting. Depart in peace, be of good cheer, your sins are forgiven you for Jesus' sake. May the Lord bless you and keep you in his baptismal grace. 
take and eat. This is the true body of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, given it to death for all of your sins. Take also and drink. This is the true blood of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, poured out for you for the full and free forgiveness of all of your sins. Now I ask you please to stand. May this, the true body and blood of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, strengthen and preserve you unto eternal life. Depart in peace. Amen. Give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good. We give thanks to the Almighty God that thou hast refreshed us through this salutary gift. And we beseech thee that of thy mercy thou would strengthen us through the same in faith toward thee and in fervent love toward one another. Through Jesus Christ our Lord who liveth and reigneth with thee in the Holy Ghost, ever one God, world without end. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with thy spirit. Bless we the Lord. Amen. 
Receive now the benediction of the Lord. The Lord bless thee and keep thee. The Lord make his face shine upon thee and be gracious unto thee. The Lord lift up his countenance upon thee and give thee peace. may be seated. We close our worship by singing hymn 216, Upon Christ's Ascension, I Now Build. In a welcome to all of you in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. As far as announcement, I just have two today. Um, midweek Bible study, we're continuing in the Gospel of Matthew. Uh, we're almost at the end of the Sermon on the Mount, and we'll be starting chapter 8 uh, after that. That's 7 o'clock Wednesday uh, online on via Jitsi Meet. Uh, then our next potluck dinner and voters' assembly is already next Sunday, hard to believe. I think it's next Sunday, yeah. Uh, so 
plan on that. Marty sent out, and please take a look at those. Uh, I think you sent those to everybody, didn't you? Uh, I just sent it to you. I don't have the. Uh, okay. I will. I will send out. I will forward to you or send out to you. Uh, it'd probably be better if I just send them out to you. Uh, some resolutions that need to be made to one just merges Good Shepherd Evangelical Lutheran Church with Good Shepherd Lutheran Church and all our history that we're talking about the same legal entity and the other changes the Constitution. So that's why it's important that you take a look at it. It, it still leaves, uh, it deals with membership. Baptized membership are those who are baptized in the triune God and are uh, baptized members of the church. Communicant members uh, are those who are have professed publicly professed their faith or confirmed members uh, who are eligible to partake of the Lord's Supper among us. It adds a third category uh, of voting members. And so instead of everyone automatically being a voter voting member, uh, you need to just request to be a voting member and then you'll be received. And there's two reasons for this. Uh, it, first of all, it allows, if someone chooses not to be a voting member, they can just be baptized or confirmed and still be partaker of all the, the spiritual benefits that are offered here as far as uh, partaking of the Lord's Supper. If one wishes to be a voting member and request it, uh, then they can vote. And the second reason for that is in order to establish a quorum for some things, if we count everybody who is confirmed as a voting member, it gets kind of hard sometimes to have everybody enough enough uh, percent of the voters here to conduct business. And so if those who are interested in becoming uh, voting members will let us know, then after we do this, then we can go on and be easy to establish a quorum. If we have meetings, it's easy to know who needs to get notification of the meetings so nobody gets left out. And so I will send you those so you can look at those. And yes. There's one other, there's one other uh, element of the agenda that is going to be significant for next week. Uh, we're, we're going to take the binding vote on whether or not to uh, petition ARMA for uh, the additional loan for uh, wound care and, and the other I should have mentioned that too. Any any other announcements this morning? I don't know whether it was noticeable, but I tried to move into the new age. My sermon was on tablet today, so I, I still brought along paper just in case. I just don't quite trust it, <laughs> and I have my Bible here instead of having it all printed out. But it actually worked pretty good because you can old eyes can see it a lot better on the tablet than in small print sometimes. God's richest blessings to all of you. Thank you.